When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello everyone and welcome back to Happy Human Club. I'm Soph Mosca. I'm the host of this podcast and I'm so happy that you are here listening. If you're new, welcome. If you are an old listener, welcome back. I appreciate your support. Um, but hi, another week, another episode. I figured we could start off this episode with a little catch up like I usually do. So last I talked to you guys, it was right before I left to go to LA for the weekend. And if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode, or if you haven't been caught up on my vlogs, then you're probably confused. But I went to LA to help out or kind of just see and spend time with uh, my old college dance team. So for those of you who don't know, I have kind of an interesting college experience. It was, I mean, honestly, I was going to say it was untraditional, but I, I think this is commonplace for a lot of people. But right out of high school, I went to a three-year accelerated program because I thought I wanted to be an ultrasound technician. And I went to Mass College of Pharmacy in Boston, and I hated it, hated the school. I wasn't ready to move out of my parents' house at 18 yet. I was not there mentally. I just was not ready for college yet. So I dropped out uh, maybe like November of my first semester, moved back home. And then I did online school as a communications major at Southern New Hampshire University. And then uh, decided I wanted to switch my major again to psychology and transferred to on campus at Southern New Hampshire University. And then I decided that actually 
Oh, well, and then at that school, at Southern New Hampshire University, I was, both years I was there, I was on the dance team. And then I decided that I wanted bigger and better and I wanted to move. So I moved to Florida and auditioned for the Florida Atlantic University dance team and made it. But that was peak COVID 2020 and everything was online and it just wasn't making me happy. And I was also getting a following on social media. So I quit the dance team and uh, spent that semester at FAU, but did not like how FAU ran their online program. It was like very much as if you were still on campus, but all online. And it was just very overwhelming. And with social media picking up, I decided I needed to do like realistic online school so i transferred back to southern new hampshire university online while still living in florida and ended up finishing my psych degree my bachelor's in psychology there um but all that is to say i danced in college at a couple schools but mainly at southern new hampshire university because i only did like half a semester on the fau dance team and i never even performed with them or anything because of covid so yeah um I, but those two years that I was on the Southern New Hampshire University dance team, I, uh, didn't really embrace it because I didn't realize that like the last time I, like the last year I was on the team would would be the last year I went and competed or did anything with dance, you know? Um, and so, you know, when the team decided they were going to go to California this year because they haven't gone since my last year that I went, which was back in 2020. Um, when they decided they were going to go, I, and when I found out that their coach wasn't able to come with them, I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to hop on the opportunity to go and see them, go and watch them help out where I can. And also, you know, take a little fun trip to LA. So, um, Oh, he's scratching at the window right now. <laughs> so that was my reason for going to LA. And that's really all the only plan that I had. I knew I wanted to go and help them at least one of the days that they danced because you danced twice at that nationals competition. And that was all I knew. So I headed, or I, yeah, I headed out over there um, last Friday and again, like no plans, just was going to go with the flow and ended up having the best weekend ever. I barely touched my phone. I swear my phone was like dead half the weekend. I was just with friends. I was in the moment. I was literally just offline, present. I don't even know. It just felt so good to take a break. I feel like that was the first break I have taken in years. (laughs) genuinely. Um, yeah, it, it was so good. Like I can't even, it was amazing to just, my mind was nowhere except present and it just was what I needed. And, um, I ended up only going to the prelims of the dance team and they killed it and was confident they would kill it again. So they did at finals. Um, and I'm super proud of them. It's like, such a big deal because you like SNU is just a, a little school from New Hampshire and you compete against, you know, really big, well-known schools. And so, you know, I think we hold our own as best we possibly can. So super proud of them. And it was just really cool to 
be able to watch them and see them and just live through it one more time. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I end up back there to watch again, but you know, just embrace being there, being in that space because dance and competitions and just being surrounded by that is very much my happy place. And I don't know, it just felt good to like live vicariously through them all. Um, but anyways, today I have probably a little bit of a shorter episode for you guys, but I think it'll be, you know, fun regardless. So I want to talk to you guys about five things that I've done or that I do that have changed my life in one way or another, and that I think could definitely change yours as well. And these are all positive changes and things that I've just noticed had a lot of positive repercussions. Augie's drinking his water. (laughs) But let's go ahead and hop right into it. So the very first one is switching up my daily routine. So this is a recent addition that I've added to my life. And, you know, I'm a very routine person. I love my routines. I find that I feel my best in a routine. I feel at peace with routine. Routines make me feel really, really good. And routines are good to an extent. Uh, (laughs) But I think, you know, those of us who are routine people and who do enjoy routine often find ourselves in what I like to call a chronic routine. And that is sort of when you are just in that routine, no ifs, ands, or buts, day after day after day, week after week, month after month, and every day. You're waking up, you're working out, you're making coffee and breakfast, you're showering, you do your work, you make dinner, you go to bed, you wake up, you work out, you make coffee and breakfast, you shower, you do your work, you eat dinner, you go to bed over and over and over and over. And at some point, that routine, that structure becomes unhealthy. It becomes a chronic routine and it leads to boredom, to loneliness, to feeling stuck, feeling isolated, feeling like a robot. And if you guys have been following along with my vlog, I don't know if I really talked about it in a podcast at all. I forget, but I was feeling like a freaking robot in my own life. I felt like I was on a conveyor belt and I was just going around and around and around and around. And there was nothing new, no joy, nothing exciting, everything the same, the same, the same. And I was eventually just like, something's gotta give. I've gotta do something. And that something is as simple as rotating your workouts throughout the week. You know, like instead of I went, you know, years, you guys just cycling every day, I would just wake up and do a cycling class and I love to cycle, but eventually is it fun and exciting anymore? I mean, I still love it, but no, I'm not like giddy to like go and get on the bike. I'm dreading it every day. Like I'm like, Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. Over and over and over. And so something as simple as switching up and rotating my workouts. Like I go to Pilates twice a week. I don't go to the same, or I don't go to Pilates the same days every week, but I pick two days out of the week and I go to Pilates twice a week. The rest of the week, I, or the rest of the days I work out, I cycle. And I take rest days and I just rotate. I rotate 
my workouts. I rotate what days I do what. I just rotate them all. I rotate my rest days. And that's just a simple change that you can implement in your life, in your routine to make it just like a little bit different. Especially I find like going to workout classes because you're like going and doing it and you don't know what to expect. It's exciting. Like it's never the same. It's never the same people. It's never the same teacher. It's never the same class. And it's just like, okay, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but here we go. And I find that like, I, you know, dress a little cuter to my workouts when I go to Pilates versus when I'm here at home, just things like that. Like it just switches up your routine, add some life, add some excitement, or it could be going to different coffee shops. Instead of going to the same one every day, try different ones. Of course, like I get in the habit of going to the same one. Like I decide that one is my favorite and I go there over and over and over again, but If you're feeling stuck, maybe try out different coffee shops. Make it like a little fun thing to try out every coffee shop in the area. Or going for walks in different places. Like maybe you always like to go for a walk after work, but maybe instead of just going around your neighborhood every day or instead of walking the same path every day, which you also shouldn't be doing because it's unsafe if you're a woman. Actually, probably anyone, but especially if you're a woman, don't walk the same path at the same time every day. Okay? Okay. Um but walk in different places, walk different, different scenery, different locations, switch it up, add excitement, or even just like cooking different new recipes. This is something I'm really good at. I, I don't really make the same things twice. Like I do, but when I go grocery shopping, I don't like go with recipes. I just go and I grab some protein. I grab some veggies. I grab some carbs. I grab some fats, grab some snacks, uh, some dessert, and I call it a day. And then throughout the week, I look at my ingredients and I just make something. And I know that can be like overwhelming to people, but it genuinely does just add excitement because I'm like, ooh, what am I going to make? Like I have a tomato, a lemon, spaghetti, and an avocado. What can I make? And it's just like fun and exciting. And it's always a new flavor in your mouth. And it's just... It's just an exciting thing you can do and add to your life. Very simple, very small, very easy. Anyone can do it and it just changes. It's not like, okay, Mondays I have burgers and Tuesdays I have tacos and Wednesdays I have a salad. And and it's not like, oh, every week I make these three meals and I rotate them. Boring, boring, boring. I'm sorry, it's boring. And you're going to get bored of it and you're going to get sick of it and you're going to, it's just going to add to the boredom of the routine. You need to switch it up little things. And if you do all those things, if you switch up all of those things I just listed, your life will be so much more exciting. Take it from someone who just recently had to switch up my daily routine. I have to make my days different. Some days I go and do some computer work at the pool to switch it up. Some days I go to coffee shops. Some days I don't. Sometimes I do it at home. Sometimes I go to different coffee shops. Sometimes I go to different workout classes. Sometimes I, you know, go shopping in the morning instead of doing my morning routine. Whatever it is, like switch it up once in a while. The other day, I had a bunch of work to do, but the new Aloe store opened in Tampa and I really wanted to go. So before I did any of my work, I went and I went shopping. I would never have done that before because I'm like, no, I got to finish up all my work first. And it's like, who says? Literally, who says? You can switch it up. You have total control. Obviously, like you have, you know, appointments or work when you're scheduled at a certain time and things like that. But you, that that's, you know, life. That's necessity. That's just how things work. 
But surrounding that, you can switch it all up, you know? Especially if you're working a nine to five where you have to be somewhere every day at the same time, every week then that's even more of an incentive to when you're not there, switch things up, make it more exciting. I've seen actually this girl on TikTok who she's doing like a series where she does something fun after her nine to five to like, until she feels alive again, I think is like the thing she's doing. And like, that is so awesome. Every day after work, go and do something different, go and do something different. Or maybe after work, every day you just cook something different. You go on a different walk, whatever it is, or at least you rotate walks, just switch things up and I promise you you will feel so much more alive and excited to be alive and just more human and less robot (laughs) take it from me okay the second thing is the quote-unquote baby sof rule and I've talked about this before I think um but in life we feel guilt about a lot of things often Um, we feel guilt about food we eat. We feel guilt about choices we make. We feel guilt about feelings we have or guilt about things we've said. And, you know, when we're babies, we don't have that guilt. We eat what we like. We do what we want. We say what we feel like we feel any emotion that crosses our mind. And so whenever I feel any sort of guilt for whatever it is, I take a step back and I think to myself, what would baby Soph choose or what would baby Soph do? So just as an example, cause I feel like this is a common one. Say I was feeling guilty about having a food that my brain has deemed unhealthy, which if you guys have listened to my podcast or my stance on food, I don't think that there's such thing as unhealthy food. There's food that's healthy for your body and there's food that's healthy for your mind. And it's different for every person, but every food is healthy in one way or another. And health and being a healthy person can only be if you are balanced and complete in all areas, mentally, emotionally, physically, socially, okay? Go listen to my episode on food relationships if you are a little bit confused about what I'm talking about, but Say I was feeling guilty about having a food that my brain has deemed unhealthy. If I asked if baby Soph wanted it, of course she would. She loves that food. She can't wait to taste how delicious it is. You know? So why would I not eat it? Baby Soph loves it. I am baby Soph. So why the heck would I not eat it? Baby Soph would eat it. So what what is the point of me not eating it? Like literally what, why, what is the point? And I think the same goes for how I talk to myself. Like if I'm having a really negative self-talk day or I'm just talking down to myself so much, I think to myself, would I ever say this to baby Soph or would baby Soph ever think this about herself? And the answer is of course, always no, of course not. That would be horrible. I would never say the things I think and say about myself to baby me nor would she ever say it about herself. So then why is it okay for me to talk poorly about my adult, my adult self? It's not, but I do it. And I feel this guilt about things that make me happy or decisions I've made because I'm concerned about if it's right, if it's wrong, if others will judge me, if I'll fail, 
whatever it is, there's just so much guilt and guilt is really heavy. And I think that if we can just take a step back and be like, what at our core, at our core, what do we want? What do we like? What do we think? How do we feel? That is truly how we feel, how we think, what we like. And that's what we need to listen to. That's where we need to let go and let the baby self rule come into play to be our happiest versions of ourselves. And it works for me a lot, especially with like like relationships with people. I don't mean like dating relationships necessarily, but that's included, but just relationships with human beings, like friendships, relationships with family, relationships like love interests. I am a very anxious person. I worry a lot. I have really bad self-doubt. And I've had to just take a step back and be like, baby Soph, does this person make you happy? Yes, okay. Baby Soph, does this person make you feel good? Yes, okay. Baby Soph, are you going to isolate yourself because you're scared that they're going to leave you in the future and that you're going to be alone forever? And that, hello? I would never question baby Soph like that. Baby Soph said she's happy and baby Soph said they make her happy. So therefore that person's going to stay in my life and I'm going to embrace them and not freaking worry about what might happen, what could possibly happen when the future doesn't even exist. There's no, like, doesn't matter. There's no such thing as mentally preparing. You just worry. No matter how much you quote mentally prepare, if the bad thing you're worried about happens, you're never mentally prepared ever. It still hurts. It still hurts just as badly. And then also you spent the whole time you could have been happy enjoying being with the person or enjoying your time together or enjoying life while you had them. You spent that worrying. And the baby self rule prevents that. So that is something that I love implementing in my life. The next one is the danger scale. I think I might have talked about this before in my cognitive distortions episode, but I'm not positive, but I think so. Um, but this is a recent technique that I learned in therapy and it has significantly improved, like significantly improved my ability to cope with anxiety. So a little bit about anxiety. We experience anxiety because our body's responding to a stimulus or stimuli as if it's in danger, like serious danger. And we do not know the difference between the anxiety you'd get from running from a bear and the anxiety you would get from taking a math test. It's the same anxiety. Anxiety is anxiety. Of course there's ranges, but the anxiety you feel is the same taking a math test as it would be running from a bear. It is anxiety. And so the danger scale is whenever you are experiencing anxiety or even just a worry of some sort, think to yourself on a scale of one to 10, 10 being I'm hanging off a cliff with one finger, the cliff's about to snap, and there's a tank of lava with (laughs) starving sharks below me. Where does the stressor fall on the danger scale? And in hindsight, like the stressor is almost always at max a three or a four. At max. Max. And when you do this, you're really able to put it in perspective and realize, okay, I'm okay. The world is not ending. I am not in danger. This is not a big deal. Everything is going to work out just fine. And you know, if, if you're sitting there and you're like, 
uh, no, this feels like a seven. Okay. Maybe you are in a little bit of danger. Maybe you are dealing with like a, a, a trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. Maybe you're dealing with an abusive relationship. Maybe that is a seven. That could very likely be a seven because you are in danger. But what I'm saying is a lot of times we're like, gosh, I'm so anxious about this interview. I'm so anxious that, you know, I, I won't be able to afford my bills this month. I'm just so anxious. I'm so anxious. Stop. Look at it. One through 10. 10 is I'm literally, my life is in impending danger. Where does this fall? Okay. This math test is quite literally a negative zero. It's probably like not even a one. (sighs) Okay. I'm fine. I'm okay. It's just a test. No matter what, I'm not in danger is not the end of the world. And it helps you ease your anxiety. doesn't mean you're not scared. doesn't mean you still won't be a little bit anxious, but it helps you just kind of look at the situation objectively and reevaluate how your mind and how your body is reacting to the situation. I know it's easier said than done, but it really, really does help. Take it from me. (laughs) Okay. The next one is, and it's going to sound stupid, believing in myself. I know it sounds stupid and obvious, but something I can confidently say is that I do truly deeply believe in myself. No matter how low of a low I get to, I always, and I mean always know that I'm going to end up okay. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt in the moment or that I don't hate every second of it because I've been open about it, but there were times post-diagnosis, post-breakup where I was just like, I'm so mad I woke up again today because I can't do it. I can't feel these feelings. I can't do it. I can't take it. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to wake up. I'm pissed off I woke up. Why can't I just not? And that's how I felt. But in my mind, deep, very deep, very, very deep in there, I believed in myself. And I knew I was going to be okay. And that little belief that I had in that moment, it was so little, it was so minuscule, but it was there. And that belief, the believing in myself, allows me to put myself out there, to take risks, make make those big scary changes in my life, accept challenges and hurdles that I have to overcome because I believe that I will make it through and be successful in whatever way my life is meant to play out. This goes along with last week's episode about trusting the process, trusting my gut feelings, my intuition, and believing that I'm right where I'm supposed to be because if I don't believe that, I won't believe myself. But even... I don't know. I have this thing in my head where I'm like, I think I I definitely talked about this last week, I think, but I'm just like, watch me. Like just as an example, I think I used this last week too. I don't know. I feel redundant right now, but I, you know, people with type one diabetes have technically a shortened lifespan in my head. I'm like, not me. Literally watch me. I'm going to outlive all of you. Watch me. And I believe it. I truly do believe it because there's been so many things in life. For example, being a YouTuber, I grew up 
always wanting to be one. And in high school and everything, I would say to my dance team, I'd be like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to do it. I mean, I didn't think it would be years, years later, but I did it. I believed it and I did it. And this all goes along with manifestation. And I know not everyone believes in that, but at the end of the day, manifestation and even prayer and everything like that all stems back to believing yourself, believing what you're telling yourself or what you're telling the God you believe in or whatever you're telling, whatever higher force, or maybe it's just yourself. You're believing it. You at your core, believe in yourself, believe in what you know and what you say and what you do. And it gets you so far. It really, really does. And the final thing that I do that changes or that changed and changes my life is alone time. And if you've been following along on my vlogs, you know that me and alone time have been fighting recently <laughs> because I'm just so bored of being alone after spending the majority of the last eight or nine months or so. I don't remember exactly alone, like genuinely most of that time has been spent alone, like physically alone. Uh, and still, even though right now I'm like getting really freaking sick of it, I will say that the alone time that I've had has forever changed my life forever. I have learned so much about myself, who I am, what I like, what I need in life from myself and from others. I learned new skills. I gained independence. I developed a sense of security and safety within myself and myself alone. And all in all, I got to explore who I am at the deepest, rawest, most real, most baby self part of my core, of my soul, of my heart, of my brain. I had no choice but to meet her meet the ugliest sides of me, meet the, all the trauma I've ever been through, meet all the ugly conversations that have been circling around my head for years. I had no choice but to sit and eat dinner with them. And I did it over and over and over and over. And it got me here to an incredible place, to a place where I would not have been had I not had my alone time. And I know alone time is so scary but it is so, so, so needed, especially as an individual in your 20s, in your early 20s. That is when you do it. That is when you live alone. That is when you get to know yourself. That is your time. Your 20s are your time. You are no longer held back by your parents and you are no, you are uh, you most likely not everyone, but you are most likely not held down by a family of your own. You are likely rather independent. Maybe you're in a relationship, and you know, not fully alone and independent. But I encourage you all to be alone as much as you can. Maybe it's just a couple times a week you go and take yourself on a walk, or you go and sit and read a book alone or you go and journal, or you go to workout classes by yourself. Just be alone. Be alone with yourself. And you will meet a side of yourself that you didn't even know existed. And I can promise you that.
So (laughs) I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you implement these five things in your life because I really do think that you will see so much good positive change resulting from these being implemented in your life. And I want that for you guys. I want you guys to feel full and happy and satisfied with life because why would you not? You know, life is too short and too not guaranteed to not do everything you can to be the fullest you, the happiest you, the most complete you that you can be. So I love you all so much. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you guys so super soon in the next one. Bye.